0: Well, hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Rebound, when self-driving trucks meet the supply chain. Bottlenecks, barriers, and benefits. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And joining us today is Aaron Campbell. Aaron is the go-to market and partnerships lead for the Autonomous Technology Group at Daimler Truck North America. Aaron, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, we're thrilled to do it, and this is an exciting uh, topic for me i've been looking forward to doing this one uh, i became fascinated with autonomous vehicles in the supply chain after attending the first two manifest events in 2022 and then again last year in 23 now both years if you went to the back of a the hall there was a row of about a dozen big shiny autonomous over the road trucks it was like being a kid in a candy store or if you went to the fire station uh, on a school uh, a school break it was uh, you know everybody wanted to be the fire guy that drove the truck Yet when I talk to fleet managers, it's clear there's interest and some tire kicking, but there's going to be several areas we need to address before we see autonomous vehicles in the supply chain in any numbers. So those include the technology challenges associated with the vehicles, the regulatory challenges, and perhaps last, the acceptance of the public, the big vehicles without a driver. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, let's get started. Aaron, just to kick us off, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and about your role at Diamond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the easiest way I describe what I do and, and kind of why I do it is I really like working on hard problems, it would seem. And so, that's really led me to the autonomous space. I've worked with uh, mobile robots and, and while at startups, and, and then more recently with larger firms, you know, helping you know, firms like Google, Amazon, um, and then SoftBank as well, um, and then most recently, obviously Daimler Truck North America. Really think through how do you bring this technology to market. You know, if you're on the customer side as well, uh, do some work there. Um, how do you adopt uh, this technology and build what I call kind of the automation roadmap? Um, but but ultimately, you know, there's sort of um, different sides to the equation, and um, spend a lot of my time thinking and advising, consulting folks on really uh, how to bring the technology to market um, and how to make it successful, not just uh, within organizations, but really as a space more generally.
2: Hey, Aaron, let's pick up on that a little bit. From Daimler's perspective, what's their approach towards self-driving vehicles? How long have you been at it? And, you know, what's, you know, the trajectory of this? Are you moving at pace or are you behind or ahead of your plans now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Daimler, you know, truck specifically has a really strong, decade now experience with autonomous technology, um, and then even the commitment in terms of investment in making this space happen, um, thinking through some of the partnerships um, like Torque Robotics. And so, you know, the strategy is pretty simple. It's autonomous for Daimler truck um, is, is core to the future. Daimler as the market leader in this space in commercial trucking and commercial vehicles has a lot to lose, but also a lot to gain. And so um, the strategy for thinking through how to get this self-driving truck technology to market is focused on making sure safety is 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 first and foremost um, met, um, making sure also simultaneously that the customer uh, ownership and value is understood and realized. Um, and then lastly, of course, participating um, with uh, the network, uh, dealers, um, servicers um, that make Daimler what it is today uh, in terms of the the powerhouse um, and making sure that they participate in that. And so Daimler's pretty clearly said, well, you know, we're not competing with, with our customer's business, which um, is important to note um, because this technology enables a lot of new business opportunities. But Daimler Truck's role is really to enable uh, the ecosystem and really create the wave um, rather than just ride it.
0: Aaron, um, a minute ago, you talked about the automation roadmap, and uh, we'll come back to that in a little bit. So before we get there, you know, a roadmap implies a starting point, right? So let's talk about the present state of things. Can you tell us where we sit today? For instance, you know, where I can operate autonomous trucks and how are most users utilizing them in their operations for those early adopters?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Bob. So the lay of the land or the state of the industry is is really interesting. So we're further along than, than we were a decade ago in terms of uh, adoption and and what we actually see um, from a, a on the road perspective. but we still are in early innings, um, but increasingly closing in on that market launch date. And so Daimler truck specifically has said by 2027 um, you know at our last capital market date that we will have self-driving trucks um, being commercially uh, available. And right now, what that means in terms of the work to get there is a lot of testing, right, is a lot of piloting. Um, and so that's largely where our engagements with, with early adopters, as you called them, are. It, it's through piloting and really working through the kinks, understanding the nuances of, of each customer's business model to really understand what the value, um, what the risk but then what the opportunity is for integration of autonomous technology into our customers, uh, business models, as well as the, the business models of our, our dealer networks, et cetera. Um, and so it's it's piloting largely. Geographically, Bob, you can find a lot of this activity and this is gonna be broadly uh, across the industry, uh, true, in the Southwest region, um, you know, think New Mexico, think Texas. From a regulatory standpoint, uh, as well as just a a technology conditions standpoint, um, it makes for a really natural starting point where we're going to see this early activity, especially commercially. But that's really where I would scope kind of the thought around where is this technology going to be seen today, uh, as well as where will it be seen in, in scale or at scale? really as we near the end of the decade. And so, you know, obviously everyone has sort of their own dates in terms of firms and when they think they're putting things on the road um, uh, and Daimler Trucks case on the highway. Um, but that's largely how everyone's thinking about it
0: in terms of lease uh, scope and strategy. And how about use cases? You know, like what's the common use case?
1: Yeah, so, you know, different people in different firms have different approaches. I, I can speak for Daimler Trucks, go to market here we're focused on the on-highway application. So that's basically automating the middle mile. And um, we've talked a little bit about in in some of the materials that have been put out around what we call our hub-to-hub strategy. But really what that is, is is think, you know, off the side of the highway, there's some piece of real estate um, that has the ability to be a drop-and-hook point on both sides, right? So think first mile that happens the way it does today to these hubs, at the hubs, we see drop and hook happen to the autonomous tractors, which then um, just much like a conveyor belt along the route till that next hub to complete the mission. Uh, at which point, uh, the final mile or is is commenced to the batons path, so to speak. And and that is really where for the past let's say two decades thinking about autonomy and then past decade and experimenting with it and and understanding it, the value is just so clear. Where there you know you look at the labor shortages. Um, or the cost benefit opportunities there, um, which I'm happy to get into a little bit more. That's where we're focused from an application uh, in a segment perspective.
2: Aaron, interesting that you pointed out, you know the the stage that you're in, and you identified a couple of companies and regions where you're seeing piloting of autonomous trucks. Uh, Walmart is doing this right now, from central fulfillment to regional centers. Pitney Bowes using it in Texas for short runs between distribution centers, and you know hope to expand. Give me a sense of the industry as a whole. Are we still in the pilot stage? Or are we more are we getting into adoption and more utilization as a standard course of business?
1: Yeah. So I think the easiest way, Abe, to answer this is I'm thinking about, you know, listeners, right? Um, or or folks thinking through strategic planning, right? And should I be doing this? Is there something to do or not? Right. If you are someone who is either squarely in the business of moving goods or are potentially impacted in terms of that supply chain, uh, either upstream or downstream from that. Um, you have something to both lose and gain from participating with this technology um, and deciding when to. Right now, you can sign yourself up with with different firms, um, You know, in terms of reaching out and just letting your interest be known. And that is going to allow you to have a seat at the table or at least be in the conversation of being in that early adopter crew. What that looks like again i can just kind of speak specifically to daimler truck uh, and, and some of our partners but that's largely pilots and why is it pilots um well because there are regulatory considerations we have to get certain uh milestones and benchmarks in terms of hours spent operating right uh, on the road to to hit certain levels of of, of standards and from a compliance perspective and um, safety but where we're going and it's a really interesting transition period by the end of the decade most folks in this space anticipate having something commercially viable and so what that means and going back to to the automation roadmap that i mentioned is if i'm a leader and i'm thinking through i have something to lose or gain from thinking through efficiency whether that's the cost benefit um, or, or the productivity benefit from this space if i'm piloting now or signing myself up to pilot I'm basically getting my competitive advantage that I can then cash in when this is ready because I've already thought through the operational challenges. I've already thought through the change management elements. I've already planted the seed with my my colleagues, right? In terms of what this opportunity looks like. So it's not new and in, new in intimidating um, and I'm trying to rush to get things done. And so that's where the opportunity is today. But we're increasingly seeing for the earliest of adopters that the pilot period is slowly or or actually quite rapidly graduating because folks have figured really interesting things out in terms of that benefit that and then how to make this work for them um and they're also seeing that support both externally right from the from the markets and investors as well as internally in terms of uh the advantages this can have for you know their top and bottom lines quite frankly
0: Um, Hey, Eric, let's talk a little bit about the technology, and and we'll focus it on the middle mile where you're concentrating. Um, Abe and I had somebody from Waymo on a couple of years ago. It was either 2021 or 2022, which, you know, even though it's only two years down, two or three years down the road, is probably, you know, the Stone Age compared to where you are today. So can you talk a little bit about how the technology has evolved? And realistically, if you think of the middle mile, what can you do today, but also what do you think are the limitations where we're at today that we're going to have to address?
1: Yeah, great question. So for technology, it's interesting. And you hit on something that's so true, but often underappreciated. When you're in the emerging technology space, you know what's a, what is typically a decade of movement in terms of advancement and innovation for other more mature spaces is, is a year. I mean, it is six months in some cases in terms of how improved things are so today where we're at is everyone is really thinking through safety standards and and, and seeing really significant outcomes to that end in terms of of the tests and of the pilots being done in the commercial transport space specifically to be clear we're seeing really promising results from the technology safety standpoint which again as i mentioned was pretty much paramount um, to even starting the conversation here And so now what we're looking at and seeing is how these solutions, right? Because it's both hardware and software, um, how they're coming together is the integrations are becoming deeper and and more streamlined, which what's the benefit there? Um, There's a clear customer benefit in terms of the overall quality of product, right? Uh, As well as the efficiencies to be gained um, that can then be passed through cost wise as, as well. And so that's really, I think at a high level where things are at is we're starting to see that true marriage rather than just the early stage kind of combinations of things. What that means in practice, Bob, is the technology is getting really, really good at operating in the conditions. So there's something we call ODD, the operating uh, design domain, which basically means effectively what weather conditions, what types of settings, what environments in this case, right with Daimler, it's on highway and on the road in uh, the southwest region um, in those conditions the technology is used to that and it's getting really, really good and now just fine tuning extreme conditions um, and how to navigate those. And I'm speaking specifically to that combined solution of um, in Daimler's case, this redundant platform or, ch- or chassis which is doubled up on critical components for safety as well as the, the autonomous driving uh, partnership that makes for that holistic solution. And so that's where we're at today is we're really now in the, the rounding error sort of the the equation where we're just perfecting um, within the conditions that we need to
2: operate within the edge cases. Aaron, we're all familiar with the hype of technology and the promise that it holds in terms of advancing us. Being in the Phoenix, you know, Tempe area, I've seen enough of the driverless cars. It first started with somebody behind the wheel and then it started somebody next to the wheel. Are we getting to the point where there's nobody behind the wheel? And we as consumers, as well as drivers and, you know, partners in the, you know, the transportation system, are we ready for that collectively to have those robot or, you know, robotic trucks take over? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So there's there's
1: a practical side and kind of a public acceptance side as well. You, I think we'll get into the public acceptance side, but but practically speaking, the technology today, and you see it more on the passenger car side as well, we, we really are there. I mean, if you were comparing tip for tap, safety standards um, and safety performances, uh, performance stats that is, autonomous, you don't get distracted, you don't get drowsy. And, and so you typically see higher outcomes um, in terms of some of those things. And so from a practical perspective, you know, are we ready to be driver out? You know, I think that's a case-by-case decision based on the particular firms and the technology and the, the the proof points there, you know. But from a practical perspective, there is a really clear advantage based on the data that would suggest this technology and the safety promise that it's, it's it's you know, sort of came to, to it being up with, it, it's there. And so it's really, I think, a matter more so of, are we ready for it in kind of the capital, W, we sense, meaning the public? Um, are we ready to to participate and to be alongside autonomous vehicles?
0: Uh, we've talked about two things that I think are related, uh, maybe not. One is that a hurdle is regulatory, right, um, which appears to be happening kind of on a state-by-state ba- state basis. The other is geographical and, again, might be related, where right now it's in the southwest Uh, where a lot of this is happening. And I used to, uh, you know, I lived in New England for many years. And when I would drive across Vermont, I kept thinking, I cannot imagine an autonomous truck, you know, going through the the mountains in Vermont. So can you talk a little bit about where we can currently operate autonomous vehicles, you know, and why, and what do you see as the regulatory challenges that uh, the industry is going to have to overcome for broad adoption? Yeah, so in in terms of autonomous
1: trucks i'll stay there maybe we're going to see it in the southwest first um so that's that is is clear uh, you know from a regulatory and a legal uh, a legal perspective it it's very favorable the legislators down there are open to that uh technology um they're making it easier for uh, effectively their economies to be benefited by the advantages and the opportunities that autonomous provides Um, you know, Texas comes to mind as a really clear early adopter of this technology, right? They have a lot of land and a lot of trucks that pass through them, right? And and the same thing is true for that Southwest corridor. And so when you have both sunny conditions, quite literally, in terms of uh, making it easy for, um, or easier for this technology, the autonomous driving uh, sensors, for example, to operate, but you also have sunny conditions in terms of regulatory favorability and legislative favorability, it creates that pull factor that allows for the the market to unveil itself and to be addressable. And so that's where we'll see it first, Bob. Where we'll see it next is is a good, it's anyone's uh, sort of guess. I try to not uh, get ahead of myself in terms of bets because I've been proven wrong, but I think it's going to be largely that combination of regulatory, legislative uh, favorability, and then ultimately, kind of technical feasibility. I think if history repeats itself, we'll see that uh, while we think it's difficult for certain things to go in, in extreme conditions, technologists, they like to prove us wrong, um, and oftentimes do, uh, and do typically far ahead of regulatory and, and, and legal favorability. And so I expect to see that play out. Um, but I think a lot is, is hedging on adoption within the Southwest. And to be honest, from an opportunity perspective, there's plenty uh, of of juice to be squeezed out of that lemon.
2: Aaron, last question. And um, uh, you can't punt on this one. And that is, what is it going to take to win the public acceptance? Are we looking at a cost function? Are we looking at a safety function, a combination? Is there an inflection point that you you see? It's the million dollar or
1: billion dollar question, actually. Public acceptance is going to be huge. Uh, One thing that is probably the most profound thing um, that I never realized until I started my work with uh, the leadership team and, and and ultimately the space with, with Daimler Truck is m- most of the goods that we have and touch day-to-day, you know, the computers that we're calling in from, they've, they've traveled at least uh, at some point in their life on a truck, right? You know, Daimler, depending on which particular product you're looking at, is is a clear market leader. And chances are it was they touched a, a Daimler truck. And so when we think around what the public acceptance side of the equation looks like and when that will happen, um, we also have to recognize another trend that I think, again, I learned, um, but is, is pretty profound. And um, the truth of the matter is, uh, we were short at the beginning of the decade, of about 80,000 truck drivers uh, in the US, according to uh, the, Amer- the Association for, for Trucking here in, in the US. By the end of the decade, were projected to be conservatively uh, about 160,000 drivers short in the market. And yes, that is is a doubling. So if we had uh, wages and also um, productivity, uh, what it was uh, at, uh, let's call it 2020, um, we expect, for example, that to be doubly as bad or doubly as perhaps expensive, depending on how it correlates by 2030 so what does that mean? Well, that means that between the proof points and the comfort that we're going to continue to see with autonomous technology in this pilot early stage next to the core critical challenges that is going to be faced with supply chain not moving um, because we're not able to find uh, drivers and and especially for those long haul distances or the cost of, of of goods, effectively having to rise to to accommodate that scarcity in the labor market, I think that's going to be the second lever that needs to flip and that will flip and is increasingly uh, flipping um, by the time we get there. And I think those two things—the comfort level um, as well as just the brass tax reality that we have a giant labor gap for the backbone of our economy—and it's going to impact delivery times. It's going to impact consumer costs, and and quite frankly. Uh, I think uh, autonomous technology and transport is going to be a deflationary lever, um, and and I think we're, once we realize that, or once we hit that inflection point, I think we're going to see kind of the the combination lock come unlocked, and and ultimately a little bit more favorability um, both on the public side uh, as well as the firms participating.
2: Really fascinating, Aaron. I'd like to put you down in about two to three years and have a follow-up conversation and see how we progress in the industry. Um, We could really go on just every few years here. It is all the time that we have today, though. A special thanks to our guest, Aaron Campbell from Daumler Truck North America, and thank you for joining today. We hope you'll be back for the next episode for The Rebound. I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecock. All the best, everyone. Thanks.